you know, I've worked him up to the two because like I said, he was pretty out of shape when I started. And so we started with a half mile and then he got up to a mile and now he's up to two. So we'll do um, at least one, most of the time two every time I run. So that's a guaranteed four and, you know, sometimes a fifth in there. Um, and he hangs in, he's, he's pretty good with it. And I think where he's at right now, I can tell, you know, you can kind of tell he's, he's baked by two, by two miles. He's done. You know, you can tell he, he drops back behind me a little bit and I'm like, yep, bud, we're almost done. Hang in there. So if you have ever asked yourself, how do I run a race injury free or get out of the constant injury cycle? Then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Healthy Runner, where I will teach you how to enjoy lifelong injury-free running so you can continue getting in those mental clearing runs and even hitting PRs well into your 40s, 50s, and beyond. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, avid half marathoner, coach, running physical therapist, and founder of Spark Physical Therapy Healthy Runner, where we help dedicated runners get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running with the perfect online running coach, even if you have been told to stop running with an injury. Learn more about our signature coaching program at programs.sparkyourtraining.com. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow the show on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks for joining me. Now on to the show. Today's episode is brought to you by UCAN. UCAN Nutrition is powered by Superstarch and delivers that steady, long-lasting energy without the spike and then the crash. I had to take a moment out of this episode to share with you how the Healthy Runner snacks during the day, that being me. I don't know if you're like me, but I will never pass on a good snack, and that is why I wanted to share with you some innovative food products that help you fuel smarter and curb cravings anytime while maintaining blood sugar and boosting energy. UCAN's healthy snacks are enhanced with super starch and crafted with healthy ingredients. This has been a game changer to curb those cravings between meals for me and my clients. I absolutely love the almond butter and it pairs so well with some honey wheat pretzel sticks, apple slices, or medjool dates. The granola is absolutely phenomenal. The only thing you will need to do is set some portion control because it tastes so good you'll want to keep going back in the bag for more. Since you are a part of our Healthy Runner community, as always, you will get 20% off all of your orders at UCAN.co. Just use the code HEALTHYRUNNER during checkout when placing your order. Go ahead and give this healthy snack a try, and believe me, you will thank me after when you feel better about your snacking habit. Welcome to episode 131 of the Healthy Runner podcast. We are here to help you get stronger, faster, and enjoy lifelong injury-free running. I am Coach Whitney on the Spark Healthy Runner coaching team, and I'm actually filling in for our normal host, Dwayne Scotty, today because, quite frankly, he's never run with a dog, and he really doesn't know much about this topic, so he asked me to fill in and chat with our special guest. Today, we have a repeat guest joining us. Gretchen was a host um, a little while ago on episode 126 of the Healthy Runner podcast, where she shared how she overcame her hip pain. Um, I personally have been working with her for the past two months, and she is fantastic. If you follow us on Facebook at all in our uh, Facebook group, you may have seen pictures of her and her dog. She runs a lot with her dog. So Gretchen, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's exciting to be back. <laughs> yeah. 
Gretchen, for those who may not have heard you on the podcast before, can you tell us a little bit about yourself um, and what you're currently training for? Sure. Yeah. So um, I've always sort of run as an adult, but uh, back in 2019, really kind of got into it and sort of discovered that it could be more than just like going out a few miles every couple of days to, to stay fit. So um, for the past about two and a half years now, I've been um, really, you know, running, actively training for races. Um, I've run I can't remember how many half marathons. I really like the half marathon distance. Um, I did my first marathon last spring, I'm sorry, last fall, and am now currently training or will start, will start officially training uh, next week for my second marathon in October. So Yay. I'm hoping to run the uh, Columbus Marathon for anyone from Ohio. Um, it's, a, it's a really great race. So that's what I'm aiming for in mid-October. That is awesome. So now that we've covered you, can you tell a bit Tell us a little bit about your four-legged running buddy. What's his or her yeah. name? What breed is she, he? Um, and how long have you guys been running together? Sure. So um, Bear, his name is Bear. He was a rescue dog. We got him in 2017. And uh, the vet's sort of best guess was that he was about two years old. So 2017, he's about seven now. Um, I actually started, um, and we can, we can share this story. I actually started running with him the first time in the summer of 2017, after I had gotten him, cause I had always run with my previous dog who was smaller. He was a spaniel mix. Bear is a, um, a Newfoundland border collie mix. So if you imagine a golden retriever, like a small golden retriever and just make him really black and furry. And that's, you know, kind of like a black bear, thus his name bear. Um, that's what he looks like. So he'd had a smaller dog and had always run with that dog. And, and so when we got bear, I thought he's, here's a dog who can run. He's, you know, he's definitely built to do it. Um, but I ended up getting hurt, broke a bone in my foot as a result of running with him. So I kind of was gun shy on running with him. And then, um, he started getting fat and, you know, the kids weren't walking him as much as they said that, that they would. And so, um, about a year and a half ago, I said, all right, he's better trained now we have him, you know, he's been through all the sort of, um, you know, breaking in of having a rescue dog, you know, trying to get him acclimated and, and getting him trained and getting him so that he's comfortable where he is and, and comfortable on a leash and all of that. And I said, you know, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to try it again. Cause he needs it. And, you know, as much as I'm running, he, he will get a guaranteed four to five runs a week and then he won't be fat anymore. So um, that is for the health of the dog. Um, and I was more comfortable doing it. Um, so we've been running about a year and a half and, and he does great. Um, you know, he definitely just needed some of that training that any rescue dog kind of needs. And, um, and so, yeah, so he's doing great and he is no longer fat. So that is also good. That is awesome. <laughs> so for those of you that are in our Facebook group, you may have seen pictures of our dog, my dog, um, Olaf. He actually looks very similar to Bear and um, he looks like a black golden retriever. He is actually a flat coated retriever, but he is also a rescue dog that is about seven years old. So maybe they are litter mates, one yeah. in Ohio and one in Arizona, who knows? Exactly. Um, but yeah, so Olaf, also runs um, more so with my husband than with me. Um, I had neck surgery a handful of years ago. So holding the leash kind of scares me sometimes um, if he jerks. So I don't run with him quite as often as my husband does. But um, yeah, so 
he's kind of dressed for winter running. So it's perfect for you guys out in Ohio, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, he really does great in the winter. Um, you know, and I definitely, we, he's in his, um, we call him his summer shearing. He's had his summer shearing. So now that it's warm here, we always like one summer, you know, once the temperature starts to stay, uh, to tick up, we get him sheared down. So then he sort of looks like a sheep. So then we sort of call him sheep instead of bear, but um, yeah, but his, I mean, the, all that hair definitely helps him in the sub-zero temperatures because he's, he, he, uh, if he knows I'm out there, he's waiting, um, waiting to go with me. So <laughs> yeah. Does he have like a trigger word? If you say run, does he get really excited or, you know, it's the, it's funny. He gets very excited when he sees me, you know, I'm a, I'm a creature of habit and he is too. And he always runs my cool down miles with me. So like, that's one thing I know he's, he's not built to run seven, eight, nine, you know, like big long miles. Um, so I've worked him up to two. So at the very least he'll get a a cool down mile with me, but a lot of times I'll, I'll sort of, you know, pace it out so that I can come back and get, he can get in for my last two. And so he knows when I'm leaving. And according to my family, he plops his butt in front of the front door and waits Aww. and will not move because he knows that I'm coming. And so he sees me coming up the driveway and then he's there in the, you know, right when I open the door from the garage and he's like barking at me, like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. So he knows if I head out, all he has to do is sit and wait and I will show up again. So um, he's awesome. definitely knows the signals. Um, but yeah, he, he, it's really funny. If I say something like, I'm going to go running, you know, you want to go running. He just looks at me like I'm on fire. But if I put the clothes on and I head out the door, all of a sudden he, you know, he knows it. So <laughs> yeah, we, we joke in our house. Cause if we even spell the word run, like he can spell it, he knows what that means. Means. he gets very excited or my husband like you said putting on the clothes when my husband pulls his shoes out of the closet he he's ready he goes to the laundry room where his leash hangs and he's like sitting there like all right let's go let's go let's go like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so you said he does about two miles with you and he, does he do that every run or do you just do a couple days a week with him yeah. So every time I run, he'll run um, either one to two miles with me. And, you know, I had a dog, my previous dog uh, that um, I ran with for, for 12 years, he was a, a spaniel mix. So he was kind of like a small Springer spaniel and that dog, he was, he was, he was, um, he was just built to run, had longer legs. He would, um, you know, so he would do four or five, six miles with me without a problem um, until he got older. And then, you know, you kind of notice that they start to slow down or they're, you know, they get sore. You can kind of see that in their movements. Bear, um, you know, because he is very barrel chested, he's like a newbie body on these border collie legs. I want to be very careful about what I do with him because I don't know that he's built you know, with his big body on his, on his smaller legs, I don't know that he's built for intense distance. So, right. you know, I've worked him up to the two, because like I said, he was pretty out of shape when I started. And so we started with a half mile and then he got up to a mile and now he's up to two. So we'll do, um, at least one, most of the time two every time I run. So that's a guaranteed four and, you know, sometimes a fifth in there. Um, and he hangs in, he's, he's pretty good with it. And I think where he's at right now, I can tell, you know, you can kind of tell, he's, he's baked by two, by two miles. He's done. You know, you can tell he, he drops back behind me a little bit and I'm like, yep, bud, we're almost done. Hang in there. So, um, you know, but yeah, he's, he's up to those, you know, one to two miles every time I run. So he's, um, you know, he's getting some good, good miles in on his, you know, on his legs. So that's yeah, good. That's awesome. So when you run with him, do you have like a special leash or, I mean, I've seen people with the leashes that go around their stomachs or like the scrunchy yeah. leashes. Yeah, and actually, yeah, I actually have a really great sort of like learning experience with that. So I had, um, when I used to run with my spaniel, I had a, a, a waist leash and it came, you know, right out from the middle and it was great. I could use my arms. I never had to worry about it. I don't like to carry things in my hands when I run. I don't know if anybody's like that. Like I don't do handheld water bottles. Like I want my hands free. 
so I had this leash and it worked great. Um, but what, what I, you know, I sort of use now in my own experience as the, the deciding factor is that dog was only 35 pounds and he could not pull me off my feet. It was physically impossible. I had control the whole time. So, and he was, he was well-versed in running. He just ran, he didn't dart off. You know, we had done it enough times that he understood that his job was to run and, you know, and he didn't pull anymore. Bear's 72 pounds. So when I went running with him the first time I whipped out my old, you know, leash, it was expensive. I kept it. I'm like, this thing's great. It was awesome. But unfortunately he wasn't well enough leash trained. We were still working on that and he was pulling me. Um, and he's 70 pounds. He can pull me off my feet. Um, if he wants to. And at that time he did. And I, actually tripped. I'm, I live in a, a country setting, so I'm on country roads and actually just kind of stepped off where the asphalt curves off a little bit, which normally wouldn't have been an issue had I been by myself. I might've like tweaked it. You know, it might've been one of those, ah, oh, crap, you know, kind of shake it off things. But I rolled my ankle slightly. He yanked me off my feet and I flew kind of through the air and I ended up with um, a busted bone in my foot and ankle. I was in an air cast for six weeks and physical therapy for another four. Um, so he really torched my, my ankle. And I had a bunch of road rash, still have some scars from that. Um, and I, I kind of knew then that he was too strong and that I needed to be able to let him go. God forbid, but if it's going to be me or him, I need to be able to let him go so that he can't yank me off my feet. So I run with him now just a standard leash. Um, and it's not bad. I've gotten used to, you know, that mile or two holding his leash in my hand, not a big deal. Right. Um, but I know that if I had to, I could let him go. And he wouldn't be able to hurt me, you know, yank him, you know, by yanking me off my feet again. Uh, but he is so much better trained now and he understands what he's supposed to be doing. So he doesn't pull. Um, but that was like my, my sort of learning experience. I'm like, if this dog can yank you off your feet, you need to have something that would allow you to quick release him right. because, you know, you don't want to end up hurt. You know, ultimately you want to enjoy running with your dog, but if he can, if he's strong enough to, to move you, you want to think carefully about how you leash him or her. You know. Right. Yo, of course. And and that's part of why I'm hesitant to run with Olaf as often as I as my husband does, just because I don't want to have surgery on my neck again. Like I don't <laughs> want to go through that. I have screws in my neck. I have screws in my lower back. Like, yeah, is it worth it? But yeah. um, I used to run with a friend that um would use a gentle leader. So it's mm -hmm. almost like a muzzle that they would have. Um and it, it was awkward for the dog, so they don't want to pull. Um, mm -hmm. so that is an option for some people that if they want to use the waist leash, um, that is something that you guys could consider using mm -hmm. on your dog. It doesn't hurt them. It, I mean, it's a little awkward from that first, cause it goes over their nose and their mouth, but it leaves a big enough gap. So their tongue can stick out. They can breathe all of that. And it, the leash comes down, um, and connects under their chin. So it just kind of is awkward. Um, mm -hmm. so they don't pull as much. Mm -hmm. um, I, um, I used a bear has, you know, just a standard collar. Um, and like I said, he's gotten, he understands now what he's supposed to be doing. And, you know, if you're, if you're first, when you're first going out with your dog and running, you know, they're, they might pull, they might stop and try to pee on everything. And it's a matter of trying to decide who's going to be more stubborn, you or your dog. And, you know, if you, he knows now he can't stop. He, he, there are two places he's allowed to stop and pee. He knows on his route. And that's where he pees now because I wouldn't let him, you know, like, nope, come on, you know, come let's go. Every time he would try to sort of veer off, he has these sort of two places where he does his business. And that's kind of the process of doing it. If you've never run with the dog before, you just have to sort of keep doing it and keep that you know, be more stubborn than they are like, nope, sorry, no peeing, no peeing. Nope. Let's go. Right. Let's go. You know, and they get it, they get it fairly quickly. Um, but I had on my, um, spaniel, he actually 
you know, he didn't pull, but he was always out in front of me. And I always sort of felt concerned about like him being like, you know, sort of like on his leash. He had a harness um, that worked great. And I know a lot of people that use the, the, the harness um, on their dog and he loved it, you know, wore it all the time. And it also, I, again, he was smaller. I had more control of him with the, with the harness, but that's another option too. If people are like, oh, but I don't want my dog choking on his collar yeah. the harness doesn't go around their neck the harness is on their shoulders so it actually does give you more control of the dog again if the dog is small enough for you to be able to to control so when I've done trail runs and things I see a lot of harness leashes on on the people running with their dogs too yeah yeah and and some of those harnesses actually have the buckle under their chest too so it's similar to the gentle leader so it's pulling up slightly in an awkward way that it kind of has the dog a little more slowed down maybe <laughs> yeah. um but you said you you know bear was a little bit older when he started running um mm -hmm. i mean he's only seven so you're not in the stages of getting a new dog or anything yet but mm -hmm. next time um mm -hmm. do you recommend for people that have new puppies or older dogs what do you think is you think it's better to start them early on as a runner or wait until they're a little bit older Sure. I mean, and I think you definitely want to always ask your, you know, your vet when we, and, and that's because I know there's a, and you know, I'm not definitely not a vet, but I know there's a time where you need to wait until that dog is a, if it's a puppy, you know, you get them leash trained, but you need to wait until there's a, a level of growth with them before they can start going. And then you have to sort of understand that distance. Um, you know, like don't going the same thing with a human, don't go out too much, too far, too fast, you know, the right. whole spiel, though you have to work the dog with that. And I think I think you also know, you know, when, when I got bear, you know, when we first took him to the vet, I said, can I run with this dog? You know, is this a dog that would be capable of running? And, and the vet said, oh yeah, you could, you can run with this dog. He's, you know, um, at the time when we got him, he, he had been out in the world. So he was very thin. So the only thing the vet said was let's wait till we get his weight up normal. And then definitely you can run with him. Um, obviously he may have gone a little overboard on that since he got so fat, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think you definitely should ask your vet. Um, I don't think any dog is incapable of running unless they have some sort of injury or if they're really, really old, you know, look at your dog. Right. How did he move? How does she move? Can they get up and down things stairs when they're laying down do they get up and down really easily you know if, if it's a dog that is still very much capable of moving and is and is running around in your yard that's a dog that can run um but you know you look at you're going to know your dog and and what they're what you see them do every day and if they don't have any any issues and your vet doesn't seem to think it would be a problem then absolutely i think you can take a dog running teach them to run even if they're an adult dog you know, bear was, would have been, you know, we tried, tried when he was two and then started up again when he was, you know, four or five and, and he, he figured it out rel relatively quickly and, you know, and is the better for it. So I think you, you know, ideally any dog is, is probably going to be better trained if you've had them from a puppy, but, you know, and even a, even a rescue mutt, I think once they get acclimated and, and you've asked and they're healthy, you know, especially if it's, it's one that had come from wandering the world as bear did once they're, you know, back to their sort of fighting weight, why not? Especially if they can move freely and they don't yeah. have any issues. So, right. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, check with your vet, whether your dog is a puppy. I mean, you have to wait until they've had all their vaccinations and their growth is their growth plates or whatever are at a good place. But, you know, I think any dog, like you said, any dog is capable of running. You just need to make sure that it is safe for your dog um, mm -hmm. when you're ready to start. And it is a learning process, both for the dog and for the runner, because uh, mm -hmm. you're going to have to learn how to teach your dog commands. Like, 
Olaf knows when my husband clicks, he'll go, and Olaf knows it means he's either turning left or turning right, or he'll say, Olaf, straight, and he'll go straight across the street. Like he knows the commands, and, you know, they get conditioned. My friend that I used to run with, her dog would hear our watches beeping and she would know that means we're gonna go do some sprints or we're just about done. So she would kind of, she would hear the beeping of the watch and she'd look back at us and she would take off, she knew. Um, so I think it is, it is important for you to be aware that there is going to be that learning curve. There is that time where, like you said earlier, who's going to be more stubborn you were the dog like but you also have to i mean my parents growing up we had a dachshund he would get <laughs> like he would get tired walking downtown yeah. and he would, would just lay down <laughs> yeah. he would just lay down and he weighed nine pounds so you'd pick him up and you just carry him but you can't do that with bear or olaf because you know, <laughs> yeah. they're a little bit heavier so yeah yeah. No, yeah, you definitely, you know, dogs are, are very much, you know, that repetitive learner. And if you just sort of stick to the same thing over and over again, um, they get it quickly. You know, they really learn patterns really, really quickly. Um, and it's, if you just stick with it, stick with saying the same things over and over again, you know, bear knows, no, he knows heal. He knows, you know, let's go. You know, if he's, if he gets distracted, I'm like, nope, let's go. And he just turns his head and he's like, sorry, sorry. You know, you can see the dog going, nope, you're right. I shouldn't look at that. Um, you know, so they, they get used to it and they understand what those, what those things all mean. And, um, you know, and even with bear, like I said, I'm out in the country, he knows he, when we're not, so I have like a country cul-de-sac, which is actually a mile if you do the whole thing. But if we go out on this sort of main road, he now knows that he runs in the berm um, cause he's on my left side, you know, he, he runs on my left side. So he's in the berm, we're facing traffic. He knows that that's where he stays and I'm on the concrete and he doesn't get concerned about the cars coming by. You know, he under, he now understands how we maneuver around all of that and, and does great with it. You know, he, he doesn't even look at them, you know, before when we first started doing it, he'd kind of get distracted by the cars and I'm like, Nope, let's go. We keep going. It doesn't matter if these things go by us. And, you know, I think within probably within two weeks, he got it all. He understood, you know, so that was what eight times I took him out and, and he, he really, he was getting it and he, and has gotten it pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, if you just have that sort of like, again, are you going to be more stubborn, make it repetitive, do the exact same things every time they pick up pretty quickly what you want them to do. And, you know, dogs love to run, you know, unless it's, you. you know, unless it's a dachshund, probably not going <laughs> to run, but in general, they love to run. And so they want to be out there with you. They really do. And, and once they get a feel for how you want them to behave, they'll do it um, and they'll enjoy it for sure. Did you, you mentioned you, he runs on your left. Did you do any like leash training before you started running, like to teach him to always be on your left and not to be zigzagging in front of you or yeah. darting <laughs> after the bunnies or whatever? Um, yeah. So, and that was the thing, you know, it's funny because every dog is different. So my first dog, that Spaniel I've, I've talked about was a rescue and he just ran with me. He never needed, you know, whoever had him prior to me getting him, um, again, he was found in the woods. I seem to be the person who rescues the dogs who've been found in the woods, but he knew he, he just ran, he ran next to me or in front of me and didn't pull. And I think it was just naturally, he, he wasn't a puller and, you know, and, and he really, I could control him again on a leash. He was, he was only 35 pounds. It was very easy to control him. Bear, when we got him, had no leash manners whatsoever. And that I think was my mistake in thinking I could run with him before he was fully leash trained and especially being 70 pounds. So we had gone through, um, 
you know, we took him to doggy obedience school and went through a whole bunch of weeks of, of doggy training. And when I first started to run with him, he was still real early in that process. And I should have waited knowing because he really had no leash manners at all. Dog didn't know what to do. So once he understood and learned and we did all of the the training and we could actually comfortably walk him and he wasn't pulling and he wasn't all over the place and he understood heel and sit and all these kind of things. Once it was a pleasure to walk him, then I knew I could run him. So then it was just a matter since I had busted a foot in the whole adventure, it was a matter of me working back up the the nerve to be like, no, you should run the dog, you know, like working back up. Um, but he really did. He needed some, some manners. He needed to be trained and, and that's what we needed to do first. He had to be able to be walked easily um, before I was going to be able to run him. So that would be my other like heads up, you know, my other sort of live and learn was that he needed, I, I tried too soon, um, again, because he was too big for me to, to be able to, um, overpower for lack of a better way to put it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I think, especially if you get a dog as a puppy, I mean, they, obviously they get bigger, so it's easier to leash train and control and teach them all of these manners when they're smaller and more controllable because they weigh 20 pounds versus 70. And I mean, let's be honest, you can only hold so much weight in your hand before. Um, so have you done any, I guess, leash training to get him to not pull on the leash? Yeah. And you know what? And ironically, um, what worked was the leash training, the walking, learning, having him learn to walk and not pull it naturally translated to running. So he runs on my left side, he heals when he runs and he doesn't pull. And that was one of the things that I noticed when I did restart my attempts to running with him as I was kind of in my mind thinking, all right, I'm going to hand leash him and he's going to probably pull and I'm going to have to work through that. But he actually didn't, he understood I'm guessing, cause I don't know, I can't read his mind, but it, it just felt like he understood the running to be a faster version of the walking that he already knew how to do. And so he stayed, you know, he heals and, and he goes and he does what he's supposed to do. So, um, he doesn't pull, which is great. Awesome. Um, and I think that it was the, just all that leash training and all that obedience school that we did that really helped kind of bring him around for that. Um, and you know, like I said, I think he enjoys it. So I think the better, you know, the more he can tell that I'm not angry with him, I think the whole thing goes better for him too. So he's kind of figuring out that if he behaves, it's more fun. It's a longer run. You know, I'm not above turning around and coming back if he's, if he's having a temper tantrum, which, um, you know, early on once in a while. Yeah. Every, every once in a while we have a bad run early on and I'm like, "Eh, we're out, you know, if you're not going to if you're not feeling this, I'm certainly not going to ruin my own run and in the name of your, <laughs> of yeah. your fitness. And I think he kind of got that too. So he's, you know, he's pretty well behaved and rarely has one of those runs where he's kind of like not paying attention, you know, right. <laughs> he's, he's, he's doing pretty good, but yeah, I think, you know, I think the pulling was just leash manners. And at least for him, it seemed as though he believed he just sort of translated that. Okay. We're not walking. We're just going to run, but we're doing the same thing. So yeah, just a faster version. A yeah. faster, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, do you, since it you run what well, right now it's summer and it's warm, yeah. Do you bring water for him, or do you give him some of yours? I know some people can like you take their hydration, and, like squeeze it, and they kind of drink it like a water fountain. Um, yeah, I've done. Anything, um, or can he make the two miles typically? Most of the time, he can make the two miles typically. But for example, because we and we've talked about this, I'm an early morning runner. 
So it's, um, you know, like today is 90 degrees, but when, you know, like if I would have gone out, it was, I think it was like 70 or 80 early or earlier in the morning when we would have been out. And he seems to be able to handle the two miles in that weather. Um, what I have done in the past is, um, cause we have sort of a route, you know, it's just the two miles. So I'll plant a water bottle that I know I'm going to pass. So I'll have it in my hand and then, you know, plop it down. And then halfway through, if, if I feel like he's looking a little rough, I have, you know, done, you know, dumped the water for him and, and he's drank that, but for the most part, he can make it. Um, if I was running later in the day, if we were afternoon running, like right now, it's, it's, it's hot as I'll get out outside. If I was going to have to run him, then I would certainly carry water because it's, right. there's no way he would even get through the two miles without having to, to stop and, and take a break and, um, you know, and, and have some water. So, um, I think again, it depends on, when you're running, how hot is it? And, you know, and how far are you taking that dog? If you are going to need water, your dog's going to need water. If, you know, if you're going out far enough, your dog is the type of dog who can go, you know, the distance with you. If you need the water, you need it for your dog as well. Yeah. And I guess just along with like the leash manners, teaching them to drink either from your hydration pack or bringing one of those collapsible cups or something for them. Um, you know, just like you bring for yourself, like you said, um, especially in these hotter months. Um, but we also have to be careful in these hotter months because running later in the day, because the pavement and the asphalt get mm -hmm. so hot that, you know, you can burn those little pads on their feet really, really easily. Um, I saw a post that said, what did it say? It was something along the lines. If you can stand outside on the concrete barefoot for, I can't remember how long it was, then your dog is okay to run. If not, then your dog shouldn't be running. Like when you, and so my, in my thought process, if I wouldn't let my kids go outside barefoot because it's too hot, I'm not going to let my dog run outside. Yeah. Um, yeah although Olaf thinks he's a cat and we live in Arizona and it's today is not that bad, but yesterday was like 110 and he went into the backyard. He's black laid on the pavers. Yeah. Basking in the sun for like 20 minutes. And he came inside like panting and like, I don't, he must think he's a cat. I don't know, but he likes the heat. So, well, and it's funny too. And like, I'm in Ohio, so, you know, we have the hot, hot summers, um, but the winters I have to worry about and think about salt. So because I'm on the road, because I'm in the country, I don't have sidewalks to, to run on. So for anyone who is, uh, you know, who does have winter and if they are a road on the road runner like me, and you're going to take your dog, that's something to be considered too. If, if the road's been heavily salted, that can, can burn. It'll, you know, as their feet start to sweat, it'll burn, um, you know, the pads. Um, so that's something else to consider. I actually didn't have, I kind of got lucky in that I didn't have that issue this year, but I also, that's one thing that will make me not take him is if the roads have been recently salted, like within my run. So like, I'm always out first. And if I notice that there's a lot of salt, I usually wait to, you know, and then I'll just walk him later in the day. Yeah. Um, after some of the salt has been cleared by the cars and stuff, but that can be, that can be an issue. Um, and I've had them, um, I've had him, um, and my other dog even build up ice balls in their feet. Um, you know, if, if this ever happens to someone, I actually thought one time I thought he blew bare boot, blew a knee. I was like, oh my God, I tore this dog's ACL. You know what, what the heck, but what had happened is they sweat through their paws and he had some hair, you know, he's wearing his heavy winter coat and the ice, um, they had gotten wet and then it had begun to sort of pack into his feet and they were forming ice balls in between his little pads. So he was starting to limp and I thought, oh my gosh, I've blown his knee. This is terrible. And 
and I stop and I start to feel around and I'm like, Hey buddy, what's going on? And I feel his foot. And there's like this ice cube stuck to his in between his pads. And I'm like, okay, yay. I can, you know, I can get rid of this. So once I pulled that out, he was, he was running fine again, but it was, it was an ice ball and it's because of the sweating and all those things happen. So, you know, you sort of have to be uh, you know, wary of their feet. Um, they yeah. do make dog booties. I've never met a dog I can get a shoe on. Um, maybe if you start as a puppy. Um, but I, there, I have yet to. I mean, bear would. There's no way. Um, so if you want to do, do something booties. funny by putting yeah. like a sock on just one foot and then watch them like try and walk try. without using that foot. It is hysterical. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the ice and the salt. That's not something like I, living where we do. I would never even think of like. Yeah. I mean, we watch out for Toya, which are like, they call them jumping cactus. But um, if you get really close to this particular cactus that looks fuzzy, it has all these tiny little barbs that just, they literally jump onto anything that's moving. They like jump off the cactus. Um, so you have to be careful, like where the dog is in proximity to that, or if there's one on the ground, because they, they'll pick those up in like the side of their foot. Mm-hmm. And, and those things are not only the little prickers, but then they have like the little fish hooks on them. So it, we need like pliers to get them out. <laughs> so yeah. Um, another thing that we have to do out here, which you probably don't have to do, um, we have to do rattlesnake training. Oh so yeah. The dog what, the snakes, <laughs> what the rattlesnakes sound like, what they smell like. Um, they actually use a rattlesnake that they've taken the venom out of. Um, so the dog actually gets bit, but there is no venom. So they know what it feels like because even the bite alone doesn't feel good um and they teach the dog like when they smell that smell like Olaf will put on the brakes and he's like uh-uh I am not going any further not gonna happen mom um that's so, amazing yeah we have not had I've never had a rattlesnake train a uh yeah a Oh my gosh though but it's i mean that's a, it's great that they do that because if you are going to be in an area where there are going to be creatures like that that the dog may not you know to have them trained to avoid them is great because right. you know you don't, the point is to enjoy it not get your dog hurt you know and they're not going to know a rattlesnake unless you teach them you know right, right. yeah and i think that goes back to like that first vet visit when you're asking about running like say hey are there any special trainings that i i should do with my dog based on where we live like the rattlesnake training, or should I be aware of the salt when we're running or what element should I be aware of? Or should my dog be aware of to make sure that both of us are safe? Because Mm if I'm running with Olaf or my husband is running with him and he does put on the brakes, we end up like tripping over him basically. (laughs) I mean, it's great because we're not getting bit by the rattlesnake that's in front of us, but you know, that can be dangerous too. Um, But you know, there, there are so many little things that you don't think of, but a vet will, you know, automatically have those going in his mind. Um, so that's, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of little things that go into running with your dog. It's not as easy as just throwing on the leash and going out the door. Right. Yeah. And I think if you're willing to work through all of those things, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I really like taking him and, you know, part of me wishes he could do more miles. And I think I would like to, I always, I always work up more in the winter because it's colder. It's easier on him. He's black, like we've said, you know, so I would love to get him up further. I don't know. He's, you know, he's not going to do a double digit run with me, but even three or four, um, you know, it's a lot of fun and he enjoys it. And I think it, 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 adds to that bond that you sort of already have with your dog yeah. and it's a great I mean at least if you're busy like me the dog gets the exercise you know you're already running 
you get the dog with you, dog is exercised. He is a happy camper and, you know, he's, he's done his thing and, and, you know, you don't have to worry about, Oh, I got to get, get the kids to walk him. Oh shoot. Dog hasn't had a walk in forever. It's nice to not have to worry about that. You know, knowing that it's good for the health of the dog and it's good for the mental, you know, the mental health of the dog to get exercise, you tack it on to the, to what you're already doing. And, you know, that's great. It, it, kills two birds with one stone, you know, you Absolutely. get your own, own training in and, and get a little, get a few miles for the dog and, you know, and everybody's happy. So if you can, if you've got the patience, if you're willing to put in a little bit of work and, you know, and it's not months of work, it's not even really that many weeks of work, you know, just to get them acclimated to what you want them to do. It, it's certainly a really worthwhile and rewarding experience. And like I said, gets, gets you the exercise and the dog, the exercise that they right. should have. <laughs> right. And especially with the bigger dogs that are really built for running, like they need that. They need to burn off that energy. They need to be out there using their brains, using their muscles. Mm -hmm. um, they need to be out there. I will say another thing that would have been helpful for us. Um, we didn't really socialize Olaf as much as we should have. Um, the few times we did take him to like a dog park, he got bit. So mm -hmm. he's terrified of German shepherds little snack sized dogs he's terrified so if he sees dogs he like loses his mind so we end up having to cross to the other side of the street and then like start sprinting just to pass the dog and then we're far enough away but he's looking over his shoulder to make sure the dog's not chasing him so that's another thing to consider too like before you start running with your dog make sure that your dog has been socialized not just with dogs but with humans as well um because some dogs, even seeing a, a person is scary to them. Um, my in-laws have a dog, they don't run with her, but she's terrified with men, of men with beards. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure where that stems from because they got her as a puppy, but there are little things like that that you can work with your dog to eliminate those fears or the anxiety when they see, you know, the German Shepherd down the street kind of thing. Yeah, no, and I'll, that's the, you know, the, the one thing that we couldn't train, you know, again, bears a rescue. We don't know what happened to him or, or what he was and is not, was not exposed to in the first couple of years of his life. And that's the one thing we haven't been able to fix. Unfortunately, is he's very much unsocialized and um, around other animals. So my first rescue dog, the spaniel, he could have cared less. And I ran him everywhere and it didn't matter who was coming and going other dogs. He just kept on going. It, he didn't care. The bear very much does. So I have to, when I do, you know, I'm an early, an early morning runner. So it helps. There's no one else out there. Um, but he does lose it if he sees another dog. And so that's the other thing is if I do on occasion pass a neighbor's dog, I think we joked, I ended up running the last three quarters or three tenths of a mile up and down my driveway. Cause one of the neighbor dogs right. was locked and he's mean too. that the neighbor dog is mean. And so he goes nuts, bear sees him and kind of freaks out. And so I just turned and I'm like, you know what? I have three tenths of a mile. I'm going to run up and down my driveway. I don't care at this point. Um, but that's, you know, that's a thing like how, you know, so what do I do to get a better hold on his lead? You know, I wrap the lead, the lead around my, um, around my hands. So now I have more control of him. I've shortened it up. I pull him close and I use all the commands to try to keep him as calm as I can. But that's something that I've never, we've never been able to work out. And I've just sort of accepted that that's who he is. So I know now, okay, this is what we do. If we're going to pass a dog on the rare occasion that we do, here's what I do to keep him under control. Here's my, you know, my, my places to go and turn to avoid if I see a dog coming and, um, you know, and those, those are other things you sort of have to work out again with a rescue. I think it's different when you have 
a puppy and you've been able to socialize that animal and raise them from when they're little. But if you do, you know, rescue an animal, some things you just, you know, you, it is what it is. You know, they, they have learned behaviors and experiences that you may not be able to work your way through. And, and Bear's got that. So, you know, he's not the dog I will take to a dog race. I would love to, he, but he, he'd lose his mind. You know, it wouldn't be fun because there would be all these dogs around and he would absolutely just unhinge. Right. Um, but that's okay. You know, I didn't get him so that I could run races with him. <laughs> you know? right. Right. So, but yeah, but I, you know, I feel your pain. He, he really, no matter what we do, we've, we've tried and it's just, we're sort of like, okay, this is bear. And you know, that's his, that is his quirk and we will work with that. Yeah. And I've gotten, like I said, keen enough to know, all right, here's, here, here's how we get around this situation on a rare time when I do pass a dog. So. Right. Yeah. And we're the same way. Like I said, we'll cross the street or whatever, but Olaf is on high alert. We live in a master planned community. So it's a neighborhood. We're very close to all the houses are very close together, cookie cutter kind of thing. And he, you can see the hair on the back of his neck kind of go up before we even get to a corner. Cause he's anticipating there being a dog at the corner. So we, I, we run either really early in the morning when there aren't many people, or if we run around the school, it's about a mile loop from our house around the school and back. We'll just kind of do that because not many people go around the school. Um, but another thing I did want to mention to those of you that might be listening that have a friendly dog or a dog that was socialized, just because your dog, you think your dog is friendly and so well socialized, doesn't mean that a runner wants to meet your dog. Put, keep your dog on a leash. Like, I can't tell you how many times, and I think it's a little schnauzer puppy dog. I don't know. It's not a very, I call it a snack size dog that I see every morning and he's never on a leash. So I cross the street because I, I he seems friendly, but I don't know. I don't want to get bit by a dog. Um, I know so many people that have nearly escaped dog bites or have had dog bites because the, the owner says, well, my dog is friendly. Well, no, they're not because they don't like having people running past them. So if you have a friendly dog or a well-trained dog, please keep them on a leash unless you're like in your yard or at a dog park. Um, just for other runners, not all dogs are friendly. So if your friendly dog comes in contact with Bear or with Olaf, he might turn into a mean dog because he's being growled at. So um, just be aware of that as well. Um, so you said you run early morning. Do you have any sort of light vest or light flashy thing that you put on him so people can see him as well as yourself? You know what? I didn't until recently. So I have my own, I have a, a Knox gear and I haven't gotten, I will, mo I will probably spring this winter for a Knox gear for him. Um, but I do have light ups for him. I put, there's little snaps on it. Um, things I'll put on his collar and I've got one on the leash. Um, so he's got some, he's got some lights because especially in the winter, in the summer, it's no big deal. It's light out, you know, yeah. when I go to run, but we, I, I run a lot in the dark in the winter. Um, so he, yes, he has some, he's got some lights just because he's black. I feel like well, he would be hard like to see anyway. And right. then you put a black dog on a black road, in, you know, yeah. at five in the morning and, you know, he, he needs to be lit up. So yes, he has some, he has some, uh, some, uh, sparkle, if you will, some lights for sure. And, yeah. um, I think I will probably spring for a, a Knox gear to stick on him, um, for the, for this coming winter, but, um, just cause it'd be easy, throw it on him. He's lit up, you know, life is good, but, um, yeah, I'm lit, I'm lit up like the moon and, and I put good. some, some on him as well. <laughs> and, and yeah, I'll have a, um, I've got a flashlight too, which helps. 
um, like a handheld flashlight, as much as I hate stuff in my hands, that one kind of wraps around your knuckles. So it doesn't feel so bad and have a flashlight. So I can see him. I can see him. I can see where I'm at. If he does his business, I can see it to pick it up. <laughs> you know, if he happens to put it in someone's yard, yep. it's helpful because I, I have been not able to find the pile. Um, oh, I boy. do wear glasses and in low light, I don't see well. And sometimes he, you know, before I had that flashlight, he would do his thing and I'd be like, God, I don't know where it is. <laughs> you know, like I can't see it. It's so dark. So, so yeah, definitely, uh, you know, the dog, the dog needs to be lit up um, for sure. They can see, I know he can see, uh, but I yes. can't. So. <laughs> right. Um, well, actually Knox Gear is one of our sponsors. So for those of you that are listening that run with a dog or plan to run with your dog, um, you want your dog to be safe just like you. So Knox Gear has given us a 35% discount on their human light vests as well as their light hound vests. So if you use the code healthy runner at checkout, you can enjoy that 35% discount. So maybe that would help Bear get a Christmas present this year. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So those are great. And the knuckle lights are great because you know you can kind of even see in front of him so he doesn't step in a hole. I mean dogs can see pretty well in the dark, but like you said, you never really know what's out there. So better for you to be safe, him to be safe, everybody to see. Um, yeah. So if you, if, is there any other gear that you would recommend for somebody starting out running with their dog? Yeah, I don't think so. You know, I think we covered a lot of it. Um, you know, just knowing the conditions you're in and, and how long you're going to take them out there, you know, definitely, a collapsible bowl that you can stuff in a pocket if you're going to, you know, if you're going to be out long enough where that dog's going to need water, um, you know, other than the lights, um, you know, some, if you're in an area, obviously please pick up, please pick up the mess, you know, <laughs> like if you're, I'm lucky, I'm on a lot of country roads. So sometimes I don't actually have to, cause it's not really anybody's yard, but if it's somebody's yard, I definitely have a bag and I, and I pick it up and I, um, I actually run, I run a loop. So if it's on the trip out, I toss it to the other side of the road and pick it up on the loop back. And so people, my neighborhood has begun to know my little bags. If they see them on the side of the road, they know I'm coming back. <laughs> yeah, nobody but, wants to run holding that. That's just no, I'm like, not no. a pleasant thing. I, I've actually seen people tie it to the dog. And I'm like, I gotta be honest. I don't know that I would want to run with my own stuff around my neck. So I feel bad about if I tie it to the, to the dog's leash. So I no. toss it and I know that we're coming back. So it works. No. <laughs> I mean, we tie the empty bag to the leash, but like I said, we live in a master plan community. So there are dog poop bag oh, stations that have the little trash cans. And, you know, yeah. so I know that I only have to hold it for like a quarter mile before I can yeah. throw it away or whatever. Um, garbage day is yeah. a great way to run because you just pop it in the next can, you know, garbage hasn't come yet. So yes, yes, absolutely. But yeah, yeah. if, if, even if you're not a runner, please pick up your dog's yeah, yeah. stuff. Nobody, General, yeah. nobody needs that anywhere. Um, yeah, just exactly. another thing you can do to help out the community. <laughs> so if there was one thing you could change about the misconception of running with a dog, what would that be? You know, it's funny. I think that just the idea that it's bad for the dog, um, you know, I would post sometimes if I just post on my general Facebook page, you know, a picture of me and the dog, you know, it's, it's, it's social media. So what do you, you know, you have to expect, and I'll have like friends be like, oh, you shouldn't, it's too hot for him. You shouldn't run with your dog. You shouldn't, you know, you're going to hurt him. He's, you know, look at him panting. That means he's 
dehydrated and uncomfortable. And I'm like, or it just means that he ran a mile, you know, like I'm, so I think that that would be the, the one misconception is that you're, you're going to hurt the dog. You know, if you do your due diligence, you ask your vet, you, you know, your animal, you, you know, if he's um, agile and if he can move without, without being hurt and you know, his, his signals and all that or her signals, it's great for the dog. It's great. They love it. Um, and so I think that would be the, the thing that I would, you know, change is, you know, or, or put out there, like it's, chances are you are not going to hurt this dog. You know, if you take all the right steps and, you know, and, and just pay attention to them, it's great for them. So I think if anybody's sitting there thinking, well, I've heard it'll hurt my dog. I don't want this to happen. I don't want this to happen. I think that it, you know, that you're doing your dog a disservice and, and, you know, even you to not be able to have that sort of relationship with, with your dog. Um, I think that would be one thing. And, you know, and the other thing is that it would be too hard if you, it does not take long for the dog to figure out what they're supposed to be doing. And, you know, like we've both said, if you're just a little bit more stubborn than the dog, you'd be surprised at how quickly they pick it up and, you know, and it's, and it's pretty easy to, to do. Right. Yeah. I think I agree with everything you've said. Um, this has been really fun to chat about dogs because how often do we get to chat about dogs? Running, I know, right? right? Yeah. about, you know, preventing injuries or getting ready for races. So this has been, yeah. this has been really fun. And especially yeah. since they must be cousins, Olaf and Bear. I know. They, they I really was, when I was creating the graphic for the, the promo for this episode, I was like, people are going to think that this is the same dog. I know. Like, <laughs> you know, we're both blonde. We're both have the same dog. Like, yeah, it was pretty funny. But yeah, that's great. yeah they are two different dogs in two different states. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But apparently cousins, long lost cousins. They were lost cousins because they're about the yeah. same age. So who knew? Exactly. So, well, Gretchen, thank you so much for accepting my invite and sharing your expertise on running with a dog. Um, and all of you guys out there in podcast land, thank you so much for listening to this. And if you are watching the replay, um, in our Facebook group or on our Spark Healthy Runner YouTube channel. We see you and we appreciate all of you. So everybody, let's maintain strong mind, strong body, and just keep running. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here's four ways I can help you grow as a runner for free. One, grab a free copy of my Spark Blueprint at programs.sparkyourtraining.com. Com. Two, follow my Instagram page at Spark Your Training. Three, join my free group by searching Healthy Runner in Facebook. Four, subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Spark Your Training. Five, leave us a five star review so we can gain access to more influential runners and bring those lessons back to you here. Don't forget, hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or the follow button on Spotify so you don't miss the next episode of Healthy Runner to help you get stronger, faster, so you can enjoy lifelong injury-free running. Lastly, if you are ready to invest in becoming a lifelong injury-free runner and want one-on-one structure, accountability, and support from our Healthy Runner coaching team, check out the -the behind-the-scenes video tour of our coaching program and the stories from many of our athletes who are struggling with the same sticking points that you are right now. Just head to programs.sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching. Thank you again, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate you for listening. Now go and crush your run today.